Today on the Whatsoever Things Show, we're privileged to be joined by Pastor Amanda. She shares her testimony, her pity date, working with teenagers, and her favorite topic, trichomoniasis. It's another great show, so here we go. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Whatsoever Things Show, a podcast designed to stimulate your mind, tickle your funny bone, and encourage your faith. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is the Whatsoever Things Show, recorded on June 7th, 2021. Talking is a spiritual gift. All right, welcome to another episode of the Whatsoever Things Show, a podcast by a couple of few guys, handful, in a in a past, in a online pastor who's <laughs> half in half out of the podcast crew <laughs> this week we thought we'd up the level of our um, expertise and we are bringing aboard pastor amanda hahn from the youth pastor Hi. Welcome. <laughs> so we want to get we want to jump right into this we normally do pleasantries but we have got to ask you this question okay are you truly an alabama fan too or are uh-huh. you a, i'm married in okay so that's like, you answered it good up, enough yeah, growing up, my dad was a Florida Gator fan because we're Florida fan. We're Florida people, and so we're Florida Gators. She's smart. What I are you mean, looking at me my for? dad spray painted the Florida Gators stuff on his his truck and different things. Yeah, die does. hard, die truck. hard Gator fan. Growing up as a kid, I didn't care, but then of course I married him, and I'm like, oh, wait, wait, what did he say when you brought Daniel around? Ooh, it was hard. Well, I'm, I imagine it was hard like for this. other reasons because Daniel's older than me and everything like that, and of course, you know, we got that yeah. story. That that yeah, is episode. So it was definitely uh, different. I imagine but. he was probably something like, "You're not his cousin. Y'all can't get married." <laughs> okay, true story though. Okay, wow. my maiden name is Goodson. Okay, Amanda Goodson. That's my maiden name. My parents, you know, they're Goodson. Well, my parents divorced, and so my dad ended up getting remarried to a lady whose maiden name was Goodson. And I'm like, are y'all cousins? <laughs> and Granny's like, there's no relation. So I'm like, sure there is. And Granny, at least you're fixed. <laughs> so I don't know, but how that happened. Wow. So who knows? But I didn't think anybody else would marry my daddy. Yes, they did. <laughs> so of course, mom, she had to get, take Cut her maiden name, which was Holland. And then her first boyfriend after my dad which they were together for a while but he was a holland and that was really weird (laughs) and i'm like this is the weirdest stuff so you were you were born to be an alabama fan you just weren't an alabama (laughs) fan is that that what we're getting at here i don't know pensacola is right there by the border so it's making me think what if i married rumor willis then she would be rumor rumor (laughs) (laughs) What? <laughs> we can cut that out, right? No, I'm just kidding. Do you know who Rumor Willis is? No. no. Bruce Willis's daughter? She's in movies. Oh. No. I don't know. Oh, okay. They missed it. You I guys reference like movies I've never heard of. <laughs> you guys need to see that eyebrow raise. You're just you not did. into that there TikTok. <laughs> Speaking of that, Pastor Amanda. So you preach on TikTok? No. Oh. I don't know how you deal with youth she it, with though. all of these things they have. Yes, I love teenagers though because okay, the little kids they have snot and they're still potty training and their shoelaces are untied all the time. Yep. And I okay, I substitute teach because why not? I torture myself, but I love it. And I'd substitute at the elementary school only when they need it. I like to do the middle high school, but last year right before spring break, literally it was the Friday before spring break before COVID, and I substituted half a day in Zoe's class, which that should have been my first clue not to do it. And this little kid, and this is kindergartners. They come up and they're like literally poking themselves in the eye and they're like, it hurts. It hurts when I do this. And I'm like, don't, don't do it. Don't, <laughs> don't poke yourself in the eye, you know? And I'm just sitting here like, how do these teachers do this all day long? And this other kid like literally poked themselves in the eye and then they started crying and I'm like, well, don't poke yourself. And like the whole, all the kids are poking themselves in the eyes and, and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I don't understand. But teenagers... I love teenagers because you can have conversations with them. And though they think they're so grown, they really ain't grown. And so, I don't know. I thrive with teenagers. I love how ridiculous they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, outside of your husband's uh, ability to be a techno, but are you in, would you, if you were not married to pastor, online pastor Daniel Hahn, would, would you be able to keep up with all the technology of today's youth? I mean, I don't keep up with much of it 
as it is. Like, I don't do all the trending stuff. I have to do Instagram because the teenagers, that's where they're yes. at. But I don't, I'm not like an influencer. That's what okay. they call themselves right now because I can care less. Like, if you don't like me, I don't care. Um, but TikTok, I just recently, I don't do any TikToks. I just watch them because they're entertaining. And I'll sit there and watch them for like an hour a day just because they're hilarious. And the teenagers, they think it's funny. Um, but with the basically, I don't do Snapchat. I don't do, um, what's another one that they do that I don't do? Um, because I just don't see it's relevant besides okay. they have their spam accounts and they hide me anyways they oh. hide the adults like they'll have 12 accounts and they'll have all these spam accounts and they'll have the one spam account they'll let you see because it's not the really bad spam account then they'll have the bad spam account where it's like their stuff that nobody sees except like they're really close so it's just kind of well, yes. yeah i don't know i don't know about this snap talk or tick chat thing but <laughs> sounds confusing about MySpace? You know about MySpace? i did know about myspace how about live journal let's Tom? go back further i don't even know live no. journal Live journals before MySpace. So going back to your tech question, I I humor Daniel with his tech stuff, but honestly, I well as you can see here you, on the podcast, y'all can't see, but the men sitting here see. I have a physical planner in front of me, and I literally write down everything, and everything's color coded because that's who I am, and I take notes. Is and that there one of those LGBT things? Oh, no, different rainbow is, colors. No, it's no. rainbow. Looks you, like a kid's. Uh, you are. Mine has colors too. Yeah. Yeah. But see, Daniel's <laughs> all like. You should try this app, but I'm like, I don't want to try this app. This she, works for me. So Leave me exactly alone. like my wife. She has, she, I'm like, she has four different colors. Oh in no, the I have same... more than that. No, so like the lime green is one job. The or um, the gray is one job. The the school blue is school stuff, and then this is Amplify Blue. Red is church related. Oh, there's two kinds of blue. Yeah, there's Amplify Blue, and then there's School Wildwood Blue. You know, and then you know there's Bush Garden. No, just kidding. Yeah. Um, so everything has a different color, Looks and like, in my head, it works. You see, every year when, it doesn't matter to you if it don't work. This is my planner. Every year when Aaron needs a new planner, his hers is just like that. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I won't go with her anymore. It's an all day process <laughs> at looking at planner. every planner. It, it took her weeks. Yeah, it did. I well, just, see, my aunt gifted me this. It's a Christian planner and actually has scriptures on it and place for you to put your sermon notes and different things like that and like oh, your cool. devotions and stuff and they're really they get expensive if you get like the higher end ones but she bought it for me a gift and this was uh, 2020 and i'm like this is too big i'm not gonna like this at all because it's i don't want this bulky thing well i ended up loving it and then ronald and skylar were like we want mine so for 2021 for their graduation going away i bought them 2021 and Ronald, he's just like me. He has all of his and color coded. Does he have different color pens yes, too? Yes, he does. Does he yes, put he hearts does. over the eyes? Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe. Ronald's, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, so well, I just, this is my thing. I, I like it. And then staff meeting, they make fun of me. But I'm the note taker. If you have questions, let's go back to the notes. Because half the time, these men don't understand or remember anything they said. So I, I resemble that remark. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. So they'll be like, what do we start at staff meeting? And I'm like, let's flip back to the notes, shall <laughs> We? Well, you, know, you said this, and you said this, and da-da-da. That reminds me, the other day, my wife come at me, and she was like, you weren't even listening, were you? And I was like, that is such a weird way to start a conversation. <laughs> How do you just come out of left field with that? <sighs> you women are weird. Good thing, <laughs> you women are weird. But, yeah. <clears throat> and so, uh, to get us back on track. I love it. I love it. <laughs> like, like, and so. <laughs> we are talking about youth mm -hmm. pastor and you're able to we welcome you to to provide your testimony on sure. this podcast but kind of give us a background to how you came to oxford assembly of god well i'm a bus kid so my parents didn't go to church except for when it was christmas or easter or when, like things got really bad they would go to church thinking that god would fix their problems and then they'll go for a few weeks and then they would you know stop going and there was certain places that they would go um but there was one predominant church that they were pretty much a part of but because it was a quarter mile away yeah it was right up the road and um in pensacola all the churches like you'll it's you'll kind of notice the pattern but like People will stay at one church for like 10 years and they'll be like a church split. And then they all go to the next church. They all followed kind of like this one family. So my family kind of got on that bandwagon. So my childhood revolved around one church. Um, but and that church has since then imploded sadly. But it's definitely something where I would, didn't have a heritage in church. And so seventh grade is roughly when I remember my grandmother 
became a friends teacher for like missionettes back when missionettes and friends is the mm-hmm. middle school girls class and he had little purple binders and little charm necklaces and that was it instead of badges purple planner purple and, binder yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's all com- yes it is and so i really wanted to go because hey my grandma was a teacher and he got a purple binder and i started going then granny stopped teaching and but i stayed uh, the children's no the pastor's son who was in school with me he's like come to youth come to youth and i'm like youth is really for high schoolers because our church structure the high school youth was the same time as wednesday night missionettes and royal rangers so missionettes and royal rangers ended at middle school they didn't have in high school so then basically after you got out of middle school you went to youth technically you could have gone to youth as like a seventh or eighth grader Mm -hmm. but not many did and so i fell out of place so i said i'm gonna wait until i'm in ninth grade so ninth grade i started going to youth and just kind of got plugged in and the youth pastor i remember the first trip i went on we went up to the mountains on a retreat up in tennessee and that was a lot of fun but then i remember coming back and the youth pastor's like okay you need to start coming on Sunday mornings. And I'm like, huh? He's like, you, you come already for youth on Wednesdays. You need to start coming on Sunday mornings. And and then I was like, okay. So I started going on Sunday mornings. And then after like about a month of that or whatever, he was like, all right, you start coming for Sunday school. Just come an extra hour early and come for Sunday school. And I'm like, huh? Okay. So then it was like, hell, we have Sunday nights and you got to come on Sunday nights. And I was like, what? And so before you know it, I was at the church every time the doors are open. And then he was like, we have a drama team. You should join the drama team. And I'm thinking like theater because I was in theater in school. And I remember walking in to practice and they're doing like, it's human videos is what we know it. But it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, what in the world are they doing? They're like at Tourette's and they're just like thrilled. What is going on? Music's happening and they're just throwing their bodies. And I'm like, what is this? He's like, these are human videos. And I'm like, oh, not interpretive what? dance. No, this is human videos <laughs> No, And I'm just like okay and he goes just act out to the song and i'm like i don't even know the song i don't listen to this christian music you know (laughs) so it was definitely a culture shock but i got thrown in and i'm very thankful for my youth pastor you know chris and his wife alicia because they really poured into me and they they saw you know my hunger for something and so 10th grade was about the time i felt god calling me into like you know, like, this is what your life's going to be about ministry. And so I went to church faithfully. I was the church princess. That's the only way I know how to describe it because all the church grandmas loved me and the, you know, crazy uncles, they all loved me. I mean, I was getting Pentecostal handshakes all the time to go on trips. And I mean, that was just how it was. Mm-hmm. And so um, my junior year, the very end, I was 17 and my youth pastor's wife was like, I see the sparks. I'm like, huh? She's like, yeah, I see the sparks between you and Daniel, I'm like, ooh, no, he's old and gross. That's disgusting. Hold on. Who and was, she, he was also your youth pastor. No, he? he was not my youth pastor, but he was a youth leader, which we don't like to, we don't encourage that by no means. Um, but he was old and gross. But he was old and gross. And so she's like, well, he really likes you. And I had to sit there and go, that's disgusting because I am 17 years old. And what was he talking about me? And she's like, all the time. And I'm like, y'all have problems. You y'all were the need princess, to figure this out. You were the star. I really was. Athlete and so, of the. That's an odd shade of red for you, Daniel. Yeah, I think Daniel needs to defend himself. I think pale white is better. Um, So we we and this is good because we get to see your side of the of the story Daniel told us. My version was a little different. Yeah. Well, he's all he. Well, okay. So the next day he calls me and he's like, "Hi, mind you, I'm driving in the car and my sister's in the passenger seat. We just got back from school and he's like, "Do you want to go out?" And of course, my I'm saying yes, but like really, I'm like banging my head on the steering wheel, going no. But I'm like, sure, yeah, we go out Saturday, yay. And so it was totally a pity date. Um, so Saturday was a pity date, <laughs> and he's all like. I'll wait forever for you. And he keeps saying he never said that, but I don't lie. So, um, <laughs> anyhow, he kept saying, like, I was this great woman of God that he wanted to get to know. But I will have to tell you, because my family, my family were gambling addicts. My parents were, so they were never home. So even though I was 17, I was really like a 35-year-old trapped in a mm. 17-year-old body because I pre- I'm the oldest. I had to raise my brother and sister and literally do everything um, my parents just run around very much. And so I was very mature for a 17 year old. I would never encourage a 17 year old to get engaged. Mm. Just going to say that. Um, but our story was a little bit did. different. So do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Absolutely. Our story was a little different. When you show me a life that's like what some of these other people deal with, where they're having to like be adults at 17, then, then we could talk. Mm. But these kids have no idea. Adulting. Oof. 
We, yeah, true I've, story. We've had a student one time. They turned eighteen, and they were they turned eighteen in October, but they're still in high school. And they were telling the other students, "You have to call me Miss now." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, they don't, because you don't pay your own bills. You live with your parents, yes. and you're still in high school. You're not grown. Just because you're eighteen, don't mean you're grown." Mm. Yeah, not, not until you're calling for your own doctor appointment. Because yeah. I was like in my 20s before I did that. <laughs> I was like, you know what I mean? I was still like pawning that off. I was paying my own bills. But I was pawning that on somebody else. Like, yeah. I ain't calling a doctor. Yeah. It's so, weird. Well, as you see, we obviously got married because we went on more than one date. Got on, we went on more than one date. But what really, going back to like, so we dated my entire summer of my junior year. Yeah. Going into my senior year. I'm applying for Southeastern because I that's, that's where I knew I was going to go, the Southeastern you University. You want to go to Pensacola Baptist College? No, no, no I would I get know, kicked out. And um, <laughs> it's not accredited. Why would I want to waste my money yeah. on something that's not accredited? Hey. But um, so I, besides, I wanted to run away as far as I could for my parents. That, yes. That's a true story, though. I told my parents, I'm turning 18, I'm gone. Peace. And so... Um, He's like, well, what about us? I'm like, what about us? He's I'm, like, there's a Radio Shack I'm in every like, town. <laughs> I'm going to Southeastern. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm not going to uproot my life and move all the way to Lakeland if like we're not married. Because I mean, if we're just dating, then what happens if we get down there? Then things change. I'm like, well, we have two options: we break up now, we get married. But I'm going to Southeastern. I don't know about you. And so we prayed about it for about a month, of course. And then he, of course, asked me, which wasn't no surprise. But so I was engaged my almost my entire senior year of high school again we don't like to tell that to the mm. students most of the time unless they figure it out when they start doing math um but i tutor math so they don't and so um i was engaged my entire senior year so may i graduated july we married august i started at southeastern and then we i got done at yeah. southeastern in three years and got my degree and pretty much i've just been following where god takes us so did you know they had a riot over food? Yes. Okay. Actually, I know the person who started it. Miss hmm. Marcia? No. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, I'm talking about a recent riot. Oh, you talking, no, no. talking about an old riot with Marcia's no, no, riot? We oh, no, no. Riot. There's been recent. a new riot oh, that happened with, since COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so apparently somebody got raw chicken from Chartwell's, which isn't, yeah. And that's the cafeteria. And they posted it. And it's like now like this huge, well, it's now blown over but it was huge and like this kid and yeah. i knew the kid who got the raw chicken yeah. and made the post yeah. and so then it was all blown up all over like you know these they're serving us raw chicken and, da -da -da -da, oh, and the kids got crazy and stuff like that but yeah those kids are gonna go be missionary in some third world country where they that's, eat raw chicken every day right. yeah. might as well get used to it now <laughs> yeah you try to eat the chicken they serve you in cuba that's cooked over a rim <laughs> With what wood? There's no wood around. Did they at least put oil on the rim? Or I don't know. Just like spice it cooking up Cooking oil, not not car oil. <laughs> and Oxford, how did you get to Oxford Assembly of God Church? Well, um, Daniel and I were youth pastors in Georgia for a couple of years. I mean, obviously he was the youth pastor. I had to work full-time as an, a bookkeeper in an accounting office. Um, but the pastor that hired us had told us when he interviewed us that he had cancer and that he was going to start chemo. And sadly... Within the year, he had died. Um, mm. But he was in his 60s, and he had stage 4 melanoma. But the new pastor came in, and just, just differences. Yeah. You know, that's how it typically happens when there's change. There's, you know, always some differences and stuff like that. Nothing bad, just we didn't mesh. So we applied several places. We actually flew to Arkansas. That was a cool church. Um, when we We're at looked Arkansas. at Yeah, where was it at, honey? I don't remember. I don't remember. It was somewhere in Arkansas, outside of Little Rock, like an hour from Little Rock. Um, that was neat, but we just didn't feel God calling us there. And plus, I was scared of the tornadoes. And um, that's a fear of mine, tornadoes. Get, get a Frady hoe. Get a what? A Frady hoe. All yeah. my family lives in Arkansas, and they have Frady hoes. It's, it's a hole in the ground. I thought and they you go, said and when, something else. When, afraid. when they get a Frady, they run down into the hole. And wow. it's a Frady hoe. Okay. It's a storm shelter. Is it, what we it's a it. storm shelter, yeah. But hey, because man. of their accent, it just one. always comes out as Frady hoe because they're a Frady. Well, I'm scared of tornadoes. I don't know why I have this irrational fear of tornadoes, but I sure do. Like, I watch them scary movies with tornadoes in them, but I can't. And I'm scared of sharks. And when they came out with Sharknado, it was over. That was, <laughs> those were the best. All I 17 of them it, were fantastic. It's over. Like, they got another one where they melt from the snow. Avalanche Nado or something. Yeah. I'm going to have says, to watch uh, it. Ice, our ice is just frozen water. The science is sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a recurring nightmare with tornadoes. 
and teeth falling out. I'm told that's an interpretation for something. Like I freak. I don't know why I freak out. My teeth are gonna fall out. I'm just like. So you yeah. you followed your husband here. Obviously. Yeah, I followed my husband here. So we we obviously interviewed. That interview was quite interesting. But I don't know if Daniel shared that one, but that was interesting. And um, but we got here, and of course I was on the interview. I don't remember anything interesting. The, the actual phone call with Pastor was. Oh, okay. Yeah, the okay. phone call with Pastor was because Daniel you were called a board member literally. Back then? Yeah, yeah, he's Holy been a board member for cow. ancient days. You know. I said, "Who can deal with our youth?" And I saw the goatee, and I was like, "That man can." Oh, that's right. I remember. <laughs> it was long, and he had spiky hair. When y'all first came, when y'all first came, y'all came to Sunday school. Remember, no. and nobody. Mike was teaching back then, mm-hmm. and nobody said that. anything. And then Daniel talked for a little while. Yeah. Mike's like, "Hire that guy. We need to hire this guy." <laughs> You're um, well, he and I have always been a team in everything that we do. But like y'all joked around beforehand, they always hire the men. And us women had to work outside the church folk, you know, so <laughs> I've actually been very blessed because the opportunities to work in the accounting field has helped me a lot to learn a lot about the business world of things. Because a lot of people don't realize the business that goes into churches mm-hmm. and the fact that it takes a lot more than just people paying tithes. I mean, you've got to plan it out and stuff. So um, being at an accounting firm technically for eight years has actually taught me well. Now, pastor asked me tax law all the time. I said, well, I ain't with it anymore. I, don't, I don't, haven't worked in an accounting firm since 2017, so I don't oh, know. That reminds me. i got to ask you some questions after the podcast. <laughs> I can't guarantee that I know the answers. Are you I up on cryptocurrency accounting laws? Hey, yeah. Since no, he brought it up. Since he brought it up. I don't stay what current exactly with that stuff. exactly do you do a Pentecostal handshake with Bitcoin? <laughs> I need to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I don't keep up with that stuff. Well, that's awesome. Um, thank you for telling us that. And let's roll right into more of your background because this is fascinating. Are you ready to tell us your salvation story? So I don't In have Cliff's Notes version. I don't have like a particular moment. Like you might oh, that's exactly what her husband said. Oh mm-hmm. my! Uh, I don't have a moment. My like my family likes to say they're church people, but they really didn't have like a good strong church background. They really, you know, they. Even my grandparents and stuff, they may have went to church when they were younger, but they didn't really have like a good biblical background. I probably got saved a thousand times as a kid, you know, because you say that prayer. I mean, rookie numbers. you know, you, yeah, you always say the prayer, out. you know, now I lay me before I sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. <laughs> if I die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. You know, you always <laughs> really? pray Really? That's things. what you would say? I pray before you go to bed? That was the prayer we always say. You didn't learn that prayer? <laughs> I mean, now I, I, I lay me from, down to from, sleep. Uh, Metallica. But <laughs> 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 I didn't learn it from anybody else. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> yeah, that song we sang all the time, and or we prayed all the time. And um, so... I just, I don't really have a particular moment where God was like, oh, you're saved. And so um, I just felt this calling and I really do feel like it was something that was done over time because I felt the draw to be something more. I felt the draw to come mm-hmm. to church. Like I said, I, I was a bus kid. We didn't have a yes. physical bus, but I felt the draw to go to church. I felt like that was where I needed to be. And so though my parents taught me right and wrong and God and the devil and that kind of stuff, um, it wasn't really until I got involved in a youth group that I really understood what it meant to actually have a relationship with God and how to learn. And actually, uh, my youth pastor and I talked about this before, but you know, he was still doing a lot of things. He was a really event focused and less discipleship focused. And he shared this with me that like, he felt that he didn't do a good enough job with the discipleship part of things like teaching us how to read the Bible, you know, or, or at least like actually taking the time and studying and stuff. So I tell the teenagers that like, that's a strong, a struggle for me even now as a 30 something year old woman, because like I wasn't taught and at Southeastern, I'm all like, Oh, oh my gosh, what happened? You know, mm-hmm. I hear at this Bible college and you got these little church kids mm-hmm. who they knew all these stories. So they're like passed out asleep. And I'm like, David did what? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm writing down mm-hmm. all these notes like frantically because I really didn't know this stuff. And um, so, I mean, I just, like I said, I felt this calling. Now I will say I, God's like confirmation in my life was when I was on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic. It was the summer before my senior year. I was 17 and um, a youth pastor was on the a pretty trip. eventful year for you, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Yeah. I wasn't on this trip, by the way. He wasn't on the trip. No, I was actually like... Let really me ask you this scared. though. Going into it, that South American country, did you know that if you play a game and you lose, you're not supposed to buy the losers a drink no okay yeah only winners get so but if you did know that would you still buy the losers a coke 
if I didn't even know where a Coke was, okay. sure. Okay. Like okay. there, yeah. they did. They kept us very sheltered. Remember, okay. they said we were, we were kids. We were teenagers. We weren't adults. We're, so it's a little different. I just your husband was pushing pro, uh, communist propaganda in Central yes. America. So I just, oh, wanted to just thought okay. that was a basic. Well, <laughs> that episode will come out soon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well we by had, the time um, they hear this one, that episode will have come out a long time ago. Yeah. So. Well, we were in the middle of a cow field, and a uh, youth pastor, not mine, but he was on the trip, and he came up to me, and he's like, his name was Darian, right? Damien. Damien. What was his name? Damien? He's Sorry, like, JK. yo, I know you're Daniel's girl, but... No. Actually, he knew Daniel. He knew, I don't know. How, how did you know Damien? I can't even remember, but he knew Damien. He was a youth pastor about 10 miles up the road from where I was a youth pastor. Oh, so they knew each other. I know. But, um, anywho, so... Um, He's like, God wanted me to tell you this verse. I can't remember where it's at, but God wanted me to tell you that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can understand what God has in store for those who love him. He said, God wanted me to tell you that if you love him, that, you know, he will guide you and, you know, he'll take care of you. And just there's the sky's the limit. There's just no telling what's going to happen. And I frantically looked for the verse. And, of course, I found it. it's 1 Corinthians 2, 9, and that's my life verse. I say that to myself all the time. And I tell that to te- the teenagers, and I write it in their graduation cards. You know, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Put that down, Thomas. Make sure you get it right. Yeah. Corinthians, C-O-R. Um, I just, yeah, I just put C-O-R. But, I, don't, yeah, I don't need to spell it out. And um, But that's my life verse. And, like, literally, I just feel like that was God's confirmation that everything I was doing and the direction I was going into going into ministry mm-hmm was it and of course Daniel and I weren't engaged or anything at that point but um yeah so it was just my it was my journey not our journey I was kind of like how mine mine was a series of steps confirmations just Mm -hmm. like it's time type of a deal okay Uh, I see um any questions for so when the you youth? like you're you're in youth now and you've got um you two are the most organized people i've ever seen ever but um what's missing like what do you think is the next step what does youth in the united states churches in the united states need to do in a youth i don't know how i'm saying this question how, how, you know how, how do I mean? we reach more youth yeah maybe. i know that's you guys, typical. you guys are, are closer to the but like the you pulse. know there's something missing something that's got to get well maybe the problem is that well, there's a couple of things that I see. A, people are looking for authenticity. You know, students, teenagers are looking for authenticity. So, like, I feel like my age is the sweet spot right now. Like, when I'm in the schools, um, I love being in the schools. And when I'm in the schools, I don't care if you think I'm cool or not. Like, I don't try to look like you. I don't try to, you know, wear the coolest shoes or the coolest jeans or whatever. I actually had a girl one time. She's like, Miss Amanda, what are you wearing? I'm like, I don't care, baby. I look fine. Just you go about you. You do you, boo. And, um, <laughs> and so... Um, but they just want to know somebody cares about them. Like they legitimately want to know that somebody cares about them. And right now we are railing against um, like the culture that's trying to say the church is bad. And so the church, they're trying to say that the church is judgmental or mm-hmm. the church is this. And sadly, somebody I know, a grown up, but um, they got a letter from a church just basically saying, you know, we see you on Facebook that you're living in sin and da 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 da. Really? We from the have... church? Yeah, it's a wow. local church. I felt really bad. And so the, what that did is, A, that could push her away, but thankfully nope. that person actually was in church Sunday at a different church. But, um, but they posted on social media, so now everybody sees it. So, A, they're going to look at that church and go, that church is a bad church. But they also look at the church in general and think, those are them judgmental Christians, you know? Mm. And so it's like we are we're hurting ourselves. Yeah. And so I'm dealing with so many Christians that are like, are they genuine or not? You know, and this, that's what the students are asking, or are you genuine or not? They can care less about what the Bible says if they don't believe it, but they want to know whether or not you believe it. You know, they, mm. they, they want to know if you're living it. Before and they'll even consider Right, it. and sadly what's going on right now, and we're seeing a lot of, the, the world is taking scriptures and taking like one or two words out of a verse mm-hmm. to make it fit what they need it to say. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the students are throwing it in your face. And I'm like, that's not what it means or that's not what it says. And then they're like, well, you're just judgmental and da, 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 da. So <laughs> it's hard, but you can't have that conversation with somebody it's funny that you don't have a relationship with. It's funny with. how they judge you. And then when you decide to say something, they're like, oh, you're judgmental. Right. So <laughs> like, like, you've got to have the relationship for first. And so like, I feel like my role in the schools, though I wish our gym was full of teenagers and I'm still working on it because I feel like. It's pretty full. No, nah, it needs to be fuller. Uh-huh. And like, I mean, because COVID messed up everything. We had a really good momentum pre-COVID, but um I'm in these schools, and like I was telling Pastor the other day, you know, these kids know that they can come here if they ever have a problem. I want them to come here on a regular basis and really get to know Jesus and have a relationship and be authentically changed, but they know that there's genuine people here. There's genuine people that will actually care for them and so forth. And so, um, 
that's like the thing that I think most teenagers are looking for. Plus the label thing. A lot of people put labels on kids and say, well, they're the bad kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have tattoos, so they must have a rough life because their parents aren't around and they don't care. You know, and I'm just sitting here like, just because they I have a label. That, that little piece is getting like kind of worked out though because there's so many people now we're just talking about tattoos or like just everybody i know more people that have tattoos than don't yeah i mean that's just one one example yes yes people they label in general you know and so it's just sad and we all we're all guilty of it let's be honest i mean everybody in this table we probably labeled somebody today not even realizing that we labeled somebody but Sadly, people see the church putting labels and like making it like a judgmental kind of thing. And my thing is, is like these kids need to understand that Jesus will rip those labels off and say, your label is now child of God or, you know, you're my adopted child or, you know, you're forgiven, you're chosen, all these kind of things. Because what was my label before Jesus? I mean, I didn't, I came from a broken family. Um, I didn't have a rich church heritage, so I can't imagine what people thought about me. My family was a well-known family because we had a family business and so people knew my family and they could just put the label what they knew of my family on me you know mm-hmm. which daniel yeah oh but talking is a spiritual gift honey you don't have it um but <laughs> it is definitely something that i just think about what god can do and i look at scriptures and why you look at my notes and everything this was something that um pastor ontario green said but he goes look for the davids if you actually go look at david's anointing story in first samuel 16 um samuel goes to jesse's house and basically jesse's they're getting all ready for the ceremony and it's all his current sons like they totally forgot about david out in the field like they weren't even thinking about david and um Hmm. and david was the youngest and people discredit the young people like, they can't do nothing. Well, David was the one who was anointed, okay? Then they think that, well, he's the forgotten one. Like, literally, Jesse wasn't even thinking about it. He's putting all the sons before Samuel, and Samuel's like, no, Lord, no. that one? God's like, nope, nope, nope. And finally, he's like, you got any more kids? Because these aren't it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I do got the one. He's out there serving. So a lot of times, you've got to look for the ones who are serving. So many times, people that are serving are the ones that are not looked at because they're just kind of in the midst working but mm-hmm. you know they're not looking at the servant's heart um and then of course <laughs> you don't you don't see them they're on the way to the trash can with <laughs> right right up. you're working your little tail off uh. um but just look for the davids and so like that message from ontario green he did a great job way better than what i'm doing at the moment but just really stuck with me about how can we find the davids that people want to forget about or not think that are actually going to amount to anything or isn't going to be able to do anything because they're too young so, like in the schools, I like to look for the Davids. And you know, we have a lot of ESC children that are in the schools and are in our youth group. And, like, a lot of times that's a label. You say, oh, you're ESC. Mm-hmm. And, therefore, you can't, you're not capable of something because you're ESC. Yeah. And that's not true either. Um, they're plenty capable. You just have to find it. I was an ESC kid. Did you have an IEP? I don't know what that is. But I was, <laughs> e- I was in ESC classes, and I'd, like, I worked my butt off to graduate with a standard diploma. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but it's interesting you bring up um, authentic, being authentic kind of people. Because I remember when I was in youth, and we would go to these youth events, and they'd have some speaker. And in my day, it was they would be wearing Jinko jeans and like. Oh, I remember those. And no. they I never like, wore any. But... Jesus is radical, kids. And it's like you are not authentic. Hello, that hello, is, and it's somebody who's like in their fifties, and they're <laughs> trying to dress like teenagers, and they're trying to be. And it wasn't authentic. And I never mm-hmm. listened to anything they said. Mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting that you say that. Do you think that oops, people still do that? Like youth, youth Absolutely. <laughs> like we, there's a stereotype youth pastor look. Like you can just you go. Do you to, think they're being authentic in it though? Like that's just how they are. I struggle with this, and I've told pastor. I've had these conversations with them. I said, pastor, I never want to be that person that's going to go into a, a room of youth pastors and be like my shoes are $200 I have a two story 5,000 square foot house and it's got a pool and da, 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 because so many times that's what we're doing and they're trying to do that because they think it's what's attractive and then like oh well we have all these Instagram followers and da 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 and that's just not like I don't want to be that person like I just want to be authentic I, I mean y'all know I am jeans and a t-shirt and no makeup and that's okay with me and it's not that makeup's a problem not the dressing up's a problem i just don't like that and i don't want to try to be something that i'm not just because teenagers are maybe attracted to it you know i want to be authentic for them to say hey that she's real but i also want to be authentic with the word of god so they know hey she's real 
you know, I don't want to, like, compromise anything in the schools to try to be cool or to say something or do something. The kids know me as a church lady in the school. And though that sounds kind of degrading, it's not. They actually respect. Put your hair um, in a bun. And... Yeah. They're like, because I'll have a kid that'll drop the F-bomb in class, which they shouldn't do, obviously. And I always tell them, don't disrespect my kindness. You know, if you disrespect my kindness, then you're going to see a whole other side of me. And... Um, one kid will say like the f-bomb and then before i even have to say anything i've got another kid whoa 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 we don't do that in here she's a pastor she's the church lady you know <laughs> and it's just so funny what? because i don't even have to like defend <laughs> myself because the students defend, like Shore, you know and, well, <laughs> and just like okay and so they know who i am and what i represent so but anyway. also because i i'll have people that will do that with me at at work mm-hmm. where somebody will be like oh don't he doesn't like to listen. I'm like, listen, I don't like to listen to it. I'm not the one that judges you. Right. So whether you say it in front of me or not really doesn't matter. Like, I don't want to hear it, but somebody else hears it all the time. Well, in the school system, they could get written up for cussing. Yeah. I just don't have that authority as a substitute. Yeah. I get paid to make sure they don't kill each other. That's it. I'm just saying when, when they're like, oh, don't do it in front of him. Like, no, I don't want to hear it. But I'm not the one you need to be right. worrying about not saying it in front You're of You're a not. substitute at the middle high school. I love it. Oh, my God. I just, that just hit me. Mm-hmm. You were like, I don't know. When we were kids, we always messed with so pranks So, I have two jobs the in the schools. One job is a substitute. And I do that just because when COVID hit, I couldn't go as a volunteer. I used to volunteer all the time. And Pastor would encourage us to go like once a week and volunteer because that's just an end in the schools. And COVID hit, couldn't be a volunteer, so I was a substitute, and that was my end. I worked one day a week being a sub. Well, I have another job, which kind of happened at the same time. Pre, this is all pre-me getting hired full-time. Um, but the other job is teaching sex ed. I love oh, teaching goodness. sex ed. I'm like, trichomoniasis. And they're like, ew, what is that? I'm like, it's pubic lice. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I'm just like, and it's in long eyelashes. And they're like, how do they trichomoniasis get in eyelashes? And I'm like, it's because your face is where it doesn't belong, honey. That's all I'm going to say. Excuse and me while like, I go throw up. <laughs> but see, I have no problem talking about that. So I love talking about that. And I do it very well. <laughs> yeah, trichomoniasis, STDs. Did you know HPV is the leading cause of throat cancer? Put that together. Care. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't need to know. Kids that are stuff. like they're sitting there. Oh, and we talk about human trafficking, which actually is a very important topic, and I love talking about human trafficking in the schools to really put it in like out there for them to understand. Florida is number three in the country for human trafficking victims, and these kids are blown away because they have no idea, and I love it. I love talking about it. And that opens up doors. I taught, they changed the program from a five-week program to a 12-week program. So I was in the same class with the same kids for 12 weeks, which is amazing because I built so many good relationships with those kids. And so when my last day was there, and this was in um, April, one of the girls, she was like, this is your last day, Miss Amanda. I said, yes, yeah, sweetie. I said, it's okay. I'll still be around. I'm subbing. But no, we want you to teach us. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm done. 12 and done. That's how it is. But Yeah. So what it. was the best prank that you had pulled on you? Because <laughs> we used to pull pranks on subs all the time. Like honestly, there's not a lot of pranks going on. What these kids? Yeah, they're yeah. losers. But well, they all had okay. So nobody pulled a fire so alarm or anything. Oh no, no. This all is right. what happens. They um, as a sub, I'm not allowed to deny bathroom breaks, and they know that. I don't, I don't advertise that. So they're like, I need to go to the bathroom, and I'm like, okay. And I said, you're on the clock, and I'll make, I'll say it out loud. Okay, you're on the clock. Let's go. It should take you about four minutes. The bathroom's right around the corner. Don't you go take ten minutes, go vaping or doing something you shouldn't be doing. And so when they're gone for twenty minutes because they've been skipping, I'll make a big old scene when they come back in. I'm like, did that poop hurt? Are you okay? Like, because <laughs> like you That's seriously. And so this podcast. <laughs> I do, and I, and they're like. What? I'm like, well, you were gone for 20 minutes. No, I wasn't. I said, baby, I've been clocking you. You've been gone for 20 minutes. I said, everybody, is he okay? You know, and so that pretty much stops that. That's good. But no, they don't, they just roam campus. It drives me nuts. They just constantly roam campus. Like, they just, I gotta go to the bathroom. They ain't even going to the bathroom. They're doing whatever they want. It drives me crazy. So they don't really have to do pranks because they just no, leave. There's no smoking in the bathrooms anymore. It's all vaping now. Most of it's vaping or pot. You could tell the pot kids. Ooh, okay, they stay. Well, I guess some things don't change. <laughs> but um, there's everyone, a lot of vaping. Everyone chill out. She's a, she's the church lady, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know the pot kids, though. You can smell them. You're like, mm-hmm, okay. But the vaping, you can't really smell the vaping, so that's what's so hard. And, like, I had a student the other day tell me, Miss Man, I walked in the bathroom, there was, like, a total vape fest going on. And I'm like, 
doesn't surprise me. But the only way to stop that is like putting an adult in the bathroom like all day long at every single bathroom. I just. I'm just. I cannot. I, I always look at Mike. Cause he usually gets us back on track. Well, in Rangers, I worked with the third through fifth graders. I I don't think I I can't handle the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders that that much. Um, sixth graders are totally. They different. they make comments, and I can't. And I'll read a comment that I read that if, if this was a on Facebook or something. Well, this is a Facebook comment to somebody else, a, a guy I watch every now and then. But if a if a high schooler told me this, I would want to choke slam them. <laughs> but um, they were anyways. They were looking for a goal planner online and it had a drop down menu and it had, didn't have and it just had male and female. And they said no option for those who do not subscribe to the outdated gender binary. <laughs> if I had a high schooler tell me that genders are outdated, I would choke slam them. Yeah. I, I could not put up with it. So in my sex ed job that I do, we we talk about having a healthy marriage because statistically, people who are married actually are better at making better financial choices. They're actually um, better in their sex life and they're better in their health life. Legit, there's statistics that back all that up. And it amazes me when you still got these. We never mention anything about homosexuality because that's not our program. I mean, why should yeah. we have to mention that? And there's always kids that bring it up. And even with STDs, they'll bring up the whole. Why you gotta push? your church agenda mind you we're we're in a public school we can't bring faith into this at all and so i'm like okay let me just step back do you think trichomoniasis cares if you're a guy and a guy or a girl and a girl no trichomoniasis doesn't care you can have whatever marriage thing you want but let me just tell you right now two lions two male lions can't make any baby lions i'm just saying and um they do argue you just can't feed into it Mm -hmm. you just kind of move on i can't deal with that they do, they do try to push to those battles post. a little bit, and you just have to kind of go, okay, what's what's really going on? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they dealing with, and what are they going through? And um, you can't feed into the argument. And then you got the kids who say the inappropriate things just to, like, make you trip just up. Just to see what happens. Yeah. yeah, I can't say this on the podcast. But I had to have a kid that one time said something, and I just kind of said something back, and I'm like, I'm going to get fired. Because <laughs> I'm just like... I'm, know mm-hmm. everything we've all said things we should have got fired for yeah well i was thinking if my boss wasn't there i was happy i'm thinking of what john travolta used to say in welcome back carter in your ear with a can of beer <laughs> he'd say that in high that's school that's a class. good john travolta <laughs> that's not bad up your nose with a rubber hose you're dating yourself mike i know yeah she, she doesn't have any idea i, know. No, I don't no. either no, no i've never heard that you ever watched welcome back carter uh-uh Never heard of it. No, no. So yeah. tell us, tell us about the youth program. It's your, it's your infomercial time. Oh well, the youth program is for youth. <laughs> when, when do you meet? When um, do you are you are you looking for helpers that show up part time uh, and consider oh, themselves? There's certain helpers I have on a list to know that when they say they want to help, they don't really mean it. What list? So, is it one um, person? Yeah. She's got a color coded list. I do. Have a color-coded, I do. It's I got do. One, one color. Um, <laughs> So pre-COVID, we were all, we always had Friday night was Club 612. It was open gym and it was six to nine. We gave a devotion, but that was like our outreach to try to bring kids in. And there'll be different seasons when we had a big basketball crowd that would come in. They wouldn't actually come to church, which broke my heart, but they would always come for basketball and we would still give them the, you know, devotion Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then Sunday nights were our youth service. COVID happened and we realized in those few months that we didn't get to have services. We were doing things on Instagram and online and stuff um, that the middle schoolers went and hid under rocks somewhere. And the high schoolers were like thriving, like they were wanting to like come out and socialize. And it just really hit me that like if we were gonna do anything ever to separate the middle schoolers and high schoolers, it was this time. Like, and so I kind of said it was the COVID relaunch model and I've kept it that way because I feel like the middle schoolers need something on their level and the high schoolers need something on their level. And so Friday nights is our middle school night for um, from 6 to 8 p.m. It's in the gym, but we also have like, we have an hour of free play and then we have an hour of actual like like message you know you've got your worship your bible study mm. that kind of stuff and i've been doing several curriculums um one of them was um like just how to be a christian the other one was like how do we pray it was like six weeks on how to pray one was six weeks on how to worship and just to basically introduce them to these concepts that they probably don't really know i mean they may have gotten children's church but you gotta be thinking we get a lot of kids that don't ever come mm-hmm. to children's yes. church they just come from the schools and we get them at that age and they're brand new to everything 
So then the high schoolers, they're Sunday nights and same concept. We don't give them quite as much free time just because we do a little bit more with them. Um, and cause I want more altar time if possible. Not that middle schoolers aren't there yet, but they're still looking at me like, what's going on? So <laughs> the high schoolers, they're, they're kind of used to it, but I didn't want to get rid of club 612. So we have the first Friday of every month is club 612 and I try to theme it to make it fun. So we've done, um, one Friday night, we did a, just recently, a glow-in-the-dark capture the flag in the gym. Had no injuries until the end. I was so proud of myself. Wow. Did anybody um, figure out how to cheat in that game? Yes. Um, hey, the whole game. Okay. Yeah. And so, Hamlin wasn't involved, though, so. Um, Probably one of his understudies. But that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of kids show up. Rules. Club 612 is still our outreach. We'll have so many kids who don't normally come to church come to that. And I'll have kids in the schools who are like, when are you going to do another one? When are you going to do another yeah. one? I'm like, well, you can come today and just see how awesome it is. But it's not just that, you know? And so I'm still working on it. But then one Sunday a month, we do what I call Amplify United. And I bring the 6th through 12th grade together because I feel like it's important for the 6th graders to see the older in the seventh graders mm-hmm. to see the high schoolers worship and actually really worship and see that altar time. And again, I try to theme it. So like May, I did my testimony and I acted out my high school years and I have my journals for my high school years <laughs> that I act out from. And I read most journals. Was it like journals. a Saved by the Bell skit? Um, <laughs> you got Slater. And- <laughs> <laughs> Saved by the Bell was before my time. Oh, that's right. Did you so, consider yourself Kelly Kapowski or? <laughs> said, before my time. Oh uh, yeah. Before my time. So I don't even know who you're referring to. <laughs> but yeah, so we desperately need, like, because I'm trying to train the leaders I have now. Like, what I'm telling them, it may seem silly, but I'm planning for God to just provide this giant harvest because of all the things that we're doing in the school. I mean, we are making connections, and I feel like the church is going to boom here soon. I feel like a revival is going to break out in the young people. Um, I had a lady in the church the other day come up to me, and she's like, I just really... I just see all these prophecies about the young people. And, and I said, the young people are the ones because they're hungry for something and they just don't know what they're hungry mm-hmm. for. And I just pray that we are the ones that they come to and I don't blow it when they get here. Um, but I feel like everything I'm doing, all this labor, I can sit here and go, man, I suck at my job because I don't have a hundred students over there in this gym. Or I can sit here and go, God's doing something and he, I'm planting all these seeds and it's going to come soon. Um, and so that's just what I kind of hold on to is that everything that I do in the schools is the seeds that are being planted for them to come. And I'm getting more and more. I have a young lady that, um, she just, she's only come a couple of times, but she, how long was she here last night? She was here with the baccalaureate service last night and she and her sister stayed until the very end. They didn't leave till almost nine like, o'clock. They were here like four. Yeah, they were here at four, way before everybody else. And then they didn't leave until, like, I made them leave. Because I'm like, honey, I'm tired. we got to go. But they had all these questions. They were just questions. Just not like, you know, mm-hmm. nothing in particular. Just questions, you know. And this girl now is going to be a part of my Oxford missions trip next week, you know. And this is a girl who, six months ago, had a label on her. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Students called mm-hmm. her a certain yeah. way. And, you know, she acted a certain way. And I saw her social media. And I'm like, mm, Okay. So a label was put on her, but I'm sitting here thinking, all right, God, what are you doing? What is going on in this girl's life? And you put her in my hands, and so let me see what I can do, mm-hmm. you know, to really connect with her. And she really has been kind of glued to my hip the last few times that she's come. Um, and it was ironic. She was here Friday night for Club 612, and she was talking about her boyfriend. And she's like, Miss Amanda, you know, they break up like 30 times in the last four months. And um, she's like, you know, I keep telling God, give me a sign. And then we break up. I'm like, but I don't want that sign. I'm like, baby, if God gives you a sign, you need to listen. (laughs) And which, you know, this is how God works, right? Literally five minutes later, he sends her a text. We need to break up. I said, that is God, baby. If you don't know that that ain't God, that is God. I'm sorry. I clapped in the mic. I said, that is God. (laughs) I said, because you need to really sit back and focus on yourself. I mean, I'm just saying. She's mm. like, this is not fair, Miss Amanda. I'm like, it just is what she it is. She should have said, but you were married at seven, or engaged at 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, you know, it, it's it's funny that you say you, you feel like we're sitting on the edge of something about mm-hmm. to happen. Because it seems like right now in every facet of society and the world, whether it's economically or culturally or in the world, whatever, it feels like everybody is saying the same thing Mm -hmm. in every facet of life it's like something feels like it's going to happen soon Mm -hmm. which is just it's weird i don't know i know i'm young but i just it's never felt like it is right now in everything my my current struggle is like the children that like 
are so bored with the church they're like eh, church is like whatever and i'm like i ain't got time for you i mean i do have time for them but <laughs> i'm really like okay i want to go after the people who people have labeled and said they're not going to ever want to do anything but they had this inquiry about what what is this that you've got you know and so i'm sitting here like okay god the few that are faithful right now that i got i keep telling them you are my core like god is using you and we're discipling you right now because i feel like when this gym busts open with teenagers y'all are going to be the ones leading the pack you know the way you worship the way you pray the way you do everything you're going to be the ones leading the pack and so you know i've got a group of students right now that they are our worship team and they come and they do our pre-service prayer at 5 15 they come and i'm like you are the ones you're the ones and so i've got probably like six to eight that i would say is like the core of my high schoolers and then um but like these other kids like i just had one comment today well my sister doesn't want to come to the event next week and i'm like you know what, if she don't want to work and be here, I don't care. I don't want to be here. I mean, I just don't want to put up with it. If they don't want to be here, I'm not going to sit here and chase after them if they don't want to be here. I want to go after the ones who are, like, hungry for something, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's the struggle that I'm currently dealing with, if you're just curious, because I'm dealing with this complacency from the church kids compared to the ones who maybe have a bad life. They don't really know what church is, but they know they need something, and they're missing something. So... I'm hoping that I'm hope connecting the dots. You're missing God. That's what you're missing. And you need to connect with God and let me show you how. And so that's what I'm working on. And that's why I love being in the schools because I get to deal with all these kids. I have one teacher. He's like, Miss Amanda, I need you to bring your anointing oil. <laughs> he's like, and you got to do this. And literally, I have a good relationship with this teacher now. And he's he's like, Amanda, can you take this kid out and talk to this one? And I'm like, okay. So I take out this kid and I'm like, what's going on? Talk to me. Da, 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 da. And I really have like half a dozen kids that I'll sit there and deal with. Miss Amanda, I have this problem. Da, 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 da. And I'll deal with boys and girls. Mm-hmm. I'm like counseling on campus and stuff. And even the counselor at school, they're like, um, can you talk to this kid? I'm like, sure, let's can do you, this. Can you do my job for me? Uh, you seem to be doing it better. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, when the, we had a young man that died last week and, um, mm. and uh, he accidentally shot himself. Mm. And so they called us. I mean, they didn't call us specifically in the sense by, like, they didn't use our number, but they reached out to us because they know we're in, we know the students. Mm-hmm. And so I knew the young man that accidentally shot himself mm. and it was a tragedy. Um, and he drove me nuts, but it's still a tragedy because he had so much potential. And, um, but I knew a lot of kids who knew him. Mm-hmm. And one of our students in the youth group is like his cousin. Didn't even realize that. And so it was really upsetting to know that they were like yeah. that close and they were upset. But the schools know we have a relationship with, you know, the students. And they're like, Miss Mano, can you, you know, deal with this? Actually, excuse me. The teachers call me Miss Han. I can't. I'm not used to it. The teenagers call me Miss Amanda, but the, the adults say, Miss Han, Miss Han, Miss Han. But anyhow, so I do a lot to counsel these students, and I just can't help but think that's God using me to connect a bridge to get them over here, hopefully. That's my goal. Uh, what it's, about, you know, if you, if you put age of people in church on a flow chart, you know, you'd have the kids' church, and then it goes up to, like, the youth group, and then, like, Around I don't know twenties to to thirty five. There's nothing, <laughs> hardly, right. and then it starts picking back up, you know, as it goes. What? Why is there such a drop right after youth? Because youth is always vibrant. People are everywhere. Mm-hmm. I know people go off to careers and they go off to different lives, but they don't come back to church. Or a good percentage of them. I'm you know, thinking- what my my honest opinion is the students aren't taught authentic relationships with Christ. Like they're not taught how to have that authentic relationship. So then they become independent, and then they like go live a life in the world, and they're like living it however they feel. They were told they can't do something. They're like, well, why can't I do something? And then they do it. And like, well, it's not so bad. I don't understand why it's so bad. And then they get involved, and then next thing you know, they have families, and then they go, oh. Now I get it. I need to come back. We do this thing with um, in the STD class. It, one of it's about like how far we go in a relationship, and we have it all the way down from like holding hands to kissing to like making out, you know, all that kind of stuff to like full on. Yeah, we used to call them bases. Well, yeah, there's like there's fourteen. <laughs> this particular thing is called fourteen stages of intimacy, and we'll tell. There were we'll, not fourteen bases. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's that's why it's called fourteen stages, and we'll ask the students, okay, like how far would you go? And you'll be surprised, a lot of them will go like almost all the way down, like, and they'll be completely honest with us. They'll be like, oh, we're gonna go all over. But then we're like, okay. Boys. It's no girls too, because there's a lot of girls who are like, we are on bodies, we'll do what we want. Um, my body, my choice. Right. <laughs> and so we'll say, let's flip the script. 
what about your daughter? They're like, zero, stage zero. I'm like, why do you have this double standard for your future children than you do for yourself right now? And they're like, well, we just know how bad it is. I'm like, then why do you put yourself in that situation? Why do you do it? Why do you harm yourselves now? You know, and you know it's bad. And they're just like, because it's fun. I'm like, yeah, okay, until you get your gymnasis. But, but is it also, and, and <laughs> I to talk, around in my head. that, that I thing I it. spoke about earlier is, I think part of the problem is, you'll find an audience. And when you find an audience, that automatically assumes it's accepted. Right. And so if you think about the girl that from that graduated at high school, the valedictorian, did you hear, did you read that in the news? She gave her speech. And instead of giving her normal speech, she, she talked about it. Yeah. It, was, um, it was it was in Texas because they just outlawed abortion. And she's in her speeches, and what if when I'm at college, my contraceptive fails? What's the argument here, mm-hmm. right? You made you the choice able, to have sex. Right. That, that's but if you that's start, the outcome. If you start chipping away all this stuff, then yes, then that's why they can, they, their reality is something that's not because they can, there's, uh, you know, a tra- uh, somebody that thinks like them, whether they're gender, whatever, or homosexual, right. they'll find someone on TikTok that has a million views so that, mm-hmm. so that person's homosexual. So it's okay to be homosexual, it but it, it va- mm-hmm. validates, that's the word validates. So to and answer your is question. Is it for, right for us to not validate? Just sometimes, just off basis, off, off the basis of it's not right. I'm not going to validate what you're right. saying, and I'm going to choke slam you. <laughs> <laughs> no. but, well, Mike seems a little angry but tonight. Like, so uh, we're dealing with that, and that's why such that generation that you're talking about, that age gap, it, they're, they're missing from the church because they're out there following their influencers or they're you know getting an audience. Um, like the, the speaker last night said, Coach Tucker, he's like, you know, you, you get a stage at some point in your life where you get to be the person that everybody's looking to. And what are you saying? What are you speaking into their lives? You know, is it something that's going along with the cultural trends or is it something that lines yeah. up with God's word? You know, are you going to point on Jesus? Or are you going to point on to the, you know, homosexual agenda or the abortion agenda? You know, and so it is they're, they're out there searching it. But I think it all falls back to whether or not we're doing a good job now discipling them. And I think it's mm-hmm. from baby up. I mean, yeah. I really do feel like. Children's ministry starts starts it, and then youth ministry continues it, and then we have to transition them. I think we do a terrible job transitioning the, the young people. I think we do a terrible job transitioning them from children's church to youth because in all churches, there's a big culture shock. Let's just be honest. Children's church is completely different than youth. No matter what church you go to, your children's church is puppets. Youth is fog machines. We don't do fog machines, by the but way. But you got lasers. We don't have lasers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't do fog machines because Thank it's you. called asthma attacks and stuff. And who yes. needs fogs for Jesus, okay? Yes. I don't think that's necessary. Just, yes. If Jesus would have had yes. a fog machine and lasers when he did Sermon on the Mount, think how many followers he would have got. Yeah. He would have got, what's it called on Instagram no. when you get the check mark? No. There's a cloud that followed him around in the desert, Josh, and they didn't. I was say, if he wanted fog, God would have just like kind of sent it down. I always think about that every time I see one of these things. But what about like what's this the uh, verse that says, uh, "Raise up a child in the way they shall they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it." Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't say they won't depart from it. It says when they're old. Right. And so there might be a time where I think I know I was an idiot. <laughs> still was <laughs> <laughs> where you just think you know so much and like oh church i tried that that's that doesn't work right. i can see that kind of thought process and then when they get older and they're paying taxes they're like you know what church wasn't so bad i had a student ask me last night um she's in ninth grade and she said miss man have you ever had a student that didn't want to come to church like come to church and like it radically changed their life and i'm like I mean, there's probably several of them that I probably can't name because I hope to God that I've got some people to come to church and then, like, they got saved. That's my job description, right, um, to get kids to church. Well, there probably was. I mean, if that was me, I would internalize it. I wouldn't go up and hug you and high-five you. Right. And I, I, my only success story that I can say is a success story is, like, Ronald because Ronald will tell you, um, I, I, for some reason, we were – Friends on Facebook, I don't ask to be friends. He must have asked to be friends with me because I don't try to do it with boys. Like, you know, just, you have to be, if you want to be my friend, you can ask and I'll accept it. But I'm out there like, hey, little boy. I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, I ain't doing that. That was so creepy. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Let me tell you about lice on the eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so, dude, Ron will tell you, like, his stuff on Facebook at the time was just pure garbage. And he shut up to church one night, and I don't really know. They had, a, like, a walk connection. So they had a connection with our church from walk. But he wasn't a youth member. And for whatever reason, I was preaching that night. And for whatever reason, God put it on my heart to just call him out. Now, I didn't say Ronald oh. Paris from the podium, but I looked him in the eyeball. And I was what I was saying was to him. And 
like that conviction was so strong in his heart like he he will tell you today that you know he is so thankful that i that i mm-hmm. called him out that we knew it's the holy spirit but he's so thankful that i listened to the holy spirit and i called him out and it was that that changed his like life mm-hmm. to realize oh my goodness i'm living this like double life like pretending to be jesus friendly and then at school and on facebook it's a garbage fest you know so then of course camp saved his life like camp is where he radically got saved and he'll tell you all this but um he, i mean he really does look up to me and daniel and just tells us that we're the reason that you know because of our brassness yes. and just being like very authentic yeah, authentic, yeah. um and yeah, and his dad just yesterday at baccalaureate because um, Ronald's younger brother is graduating this year, and um, his dad was just saying that he thanks us so much for doing everything you know in his life. And of course, we know it's all God. You know, we don't want to sit here and take the credit for everything. But I just thank God for using us to be mm. authentic. You know, and so Ronald's is a big boy, and mm. he's doing this, these great things, and he still calls us his family. You know, and that's to me like the world. You know, we're We've done something right, you know, and but you can't overlook the good kids. Like Skylar is a good kid that a lot of people overlook because she's always been a good kid. But, you know, that's what's God doing in her life and how mm-hmm. God's used her. And she's a bus kid. Like her mm-hmm. parents don't come to church. Mm-hmm. And um, so you just look at these kids and you just think, okay, how have I changed their lives? You know, how have God, you know, used me to change mm-hmm. their lives? And um, and I just I keep going back to being authentic and then pointing them to this and not being afraid to share things with them. And being honest, you know, I think that's also very important. They get so many churchy answers yeah. that they don't understand. They'll, they'll, they'll ask the question and then they'll get like a church answer. And uh, so you got to be real. Don't use church words. All right. As we wrap this up, any any last questions for the youth pastor? Josh keeps asking questions. That's all I got to say. I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, was there anything we didn't hit on that you wanted to cover tonight? No, I just talk. I got a friend. It just made me think of my friend, and she she is not the church type, but I invited her to church actually several times, and I think this last time she might come, but she is the kind who will <laughs> drop the F-bomb like four times in a sentence, and like she is not, she's not the church type, but she talks about how lonely she is and how um, empty she is and how she has no friends, and I'm like, I'm like, well, all my friends are at church. Come to church. Is that a good reason to bring somebody to church? Just well, I think any reason is a good reason. I mean, you get them here, and then God church. does it. Like, yeah. you're not playing God. You're just She's... doing your part of inviting them. And then they will, like, come, and God will do his part of saving them. That's how it works. And as the church family, we have to connect with her, regardless of the F-bombs. Well, let me just put it out there that there's a lot of church people that I told like her to, to keep use the F-bombs cuss words. Down if you can, when you, you get, know, so. when you get here. I, I I may have said this before on a previous podcast, but there was there was a a podcast I was listening to, and they were talking about how they were inside their church and a new person come in had never been there before. He sat down at the table, and like one by one, people started coming up and sitting at the table and talking to the guy. But he was dropping f bomb after f bomb after f bomb, mm-hmm. and so one by one. Each person got up and started leaving the table until there was only one guy left. And he started thinking about it later. And he's like, what is worse? This guy using the F word multiple times mm-hmm. or these believers abandoning their call because he's using a word? Right. He's like, what do you think God looks at worse? So one of my uh, favorite professors at Southeastern, he just retired this year, Dr. Hackett. He shares his story. Um he was a hippie, you know, surfer boy, hippie, you that know, is, back in the day. Yeah. And he got radically saved, but he was a pot smoking hippie and everything else. And he shares when the pastor of the church came Sounds for a like visitation. Sounds like he had a lot of fun before he got saved. Um, <laughs> well, he, he shares a story in class where he was that. saved, Cut that out, but he didn't know that he weren't supposed to smoke pot anymore. And he didn't know that he wasn't supposed to look at porn anymore. And he didn't oh. know all these things. And he attributes his growth to this pastor that came to him, came to a visitation and this pastor sat down and this pastor could have judged him, could have labeled him, could have done all these things. You hypocrite, you know, da, da, da. but instead this pastor just lovingly taught him the right way yeah. and just continued to just like shape and help mold him. Didn't he offer the pastor a joint? He did. He offered the pastor some stuff <laughs> and the pastor's like, no, you know, I mean, was it regs or was know? it like good stuff? Like, what are we talking here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, um, and he just, and he often says, you know, because that pastor handled it with love and grace, that that's why he obviously stayed a Christian. And then he's one of the 
like amazing men of God, like very brilliant men of God. Dr. Hackett is a doctor. I mean, he's yeah. got so much knowledge and stuff and just a humble guy. He's like four feet tall, but it's not the point. Um, I think you, I think Christians are supposed to like correct other Christians. Like, look, this is disrespectful or this is this, but it has to be done. You have to be, you have to love the person you're going to correct. If, they have to be if able you to don't genuinely, way. if yeah. you don't genuinely love them, right. then you don't need to be the one to do it. And all right. goes back to having yeah. authentic relationship. Like even if you don't have like a best friend relationship, but they know you're authentic and you actually yeah. care about the well being, they'll receive it better than yeah. if they just think you're oh, a labeled judgmental Christian. And so you've got to have that authentic, um, like I said, relationship with the person, be in their lives, actually know their name. And, you know, in schools, I'll call these kids out by name. I don't need to know their name per se, but I'll call them out by name. And they're like, how do you know my name? I'm like, um, I know you. It's on the <laughs> like, roll sheet. I'm well, <laughs> you know, but just the fact that like, I'll call them from across the cafeteria. I'll just call them out, you know? And they're just amazed that I remembered their name, you know? And it, it's, just the fact that somebody knows their name is the world to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of these kids are the forgotten ones. Like I said, mm. the Davids that nobody even remembers that they're out there. Mm. And nobody wants to really look at them because they're too young or they're insignificant. Mm-hmm. And so I'll call their name and I'll say, hey, what's up? And then they drive me crazy with texting me all the time. <laughs> I've got one right now. Bless his heart. For whatever reason, he likes me enough to talk to me. And the counselors say, please talk to him and get his grades up. And kid texts me all the time that's what we do for ministry go back, you said people in the church cuss i want to go on record to say josh is wrong i did not call those boys the f-bomb no <laughs> I did it not. was even better no i did i just <laughs> yeah it was better that up. than that. i know we did it on a past podcast um you said the word f-n okay <laughs> i said that hilarious to me. right okay i did see i was polite about it it was a sozo trip it was so bad oh, it was goodness. a camping trip at sozo I've heard oh. all sorts of stories, but like even even some of our leaders in the I'm, past, I'd be like, you can't say that. Like the Galatians says, you know, to not use you know unwholesome talk, and here you are, like blah blah blah. And you're like right in front of the children. You know yeah. how are we supposed to expect the children not to say words? And you're, are you're saying talking words. about me because I've done that. Before. I was not talking about you in this particular. <laughs> thought, I remember being on the church bus one time, and I remember this where story. the church bus there was like a shelf above my head, and I stood up and I hit that shelf. And I wanted to cuss so You bad. did cuss. And there was a kid who looked at me and laughed, and it made me want to cuss even more. <laughs> and so I got off the bus, and I walked behind the bus, and I just let a good cuss word out. I felt so much better. What, what exactly is a good <laughs> cuss word? It held, well, what, what is a good cuss uh, word, Josh? I think it that's was like poopy pants or something. Poopy pants. Yeah, okay. I think that's what it was. But uh, whew, I felt so much better. I actually have students in school be like, we know you cuss, Miss Amanda. I'm like, I really don't. Like, the worst I say is crap. Like, I don't cuss. Like, yeah. I just... I just feel like you can't I'm like, getting better by the way everyone listening if you can't come up with a better <laughs> word a than a cuss word then you need to work on your vocabulary well, Pastor Amanda we thank you so much for well, thank you for putting coming up and t- telling us uh, the the youth does have a two mission trips that they do to missions we have various projects uh, this year has been because of COVID we can't go out of country but we do one right now local called Oxford Missions 2022 we'll do Miami Missions and hopefully El Salvador or something similar like that again because we've been to El Salvador in the past mm-hmm. and phenomenal trip I believe in missions trips wholeheartedly I think it's important for them to really see mm-hmm. like the fact that we are so blessed here yes. and just going to Miami shows them that we are so blessed here because yeah. Miami is a whole different lifestyle down there yeah. and so right now coming up we have Oxford Missions which is local but it's still serving the community we go and do stuff at the youth center and help with BBS and we all know working with children is a project awesome well thank you for listening All right, y'all, we just want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. The Whatsoever Things podcast is just a group of folks sitting around talking about their faith, and it does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the leadership of Oxford Assembly of God. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe in whatever your favorite podcast application is. And if you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G dot org. We'll see you next time.